This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. All around the world, people are talking more and more about socialism or left-wing politics, particularly on social media. It is becoming more popular. However, this doesn't seem to translate into election results. But why is this the case exactly? And what can socialists do about it? I'm Dashan Johan and this is Today I Learn. On the show with me today is Melanie Wary Sims, a politician from Germany who's part of Germany's most leftist party, Die Linke, which recently lost half of its seats at parliament at the most recent elections. Welcome to the show, Melanie. How are you doing? Yeah, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be your show. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to have you on as well. Now, before we get into the meat of the discussion, Melanie, let's talk about what the left um, even means in the first place. Now, um, you know, when we look at American media, the way, um, you know, the politicians in America portray, um, you know, the right, the left, um, even just general people's understanding is that people often conflate the left with liberals, um, specifically just um, liberal social issues and, and things like that. But the left and liberals aren't exactly the same, are they? That's indeed super confusing. My husband, he's American, and mm. I had to explain that to him too. And I was like, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, of course, liberal means that we support progressive reforms. But it is so different. It's not the truth at all. I mean, we want to change the whole system. I think that's the biggest difference. And our aim is democratic socialism and to end the overwhelming power of capitalism. And that's the opposite of what the liberals want. And I mean, for example, the liberals here in Germany, the FDP, who will be part of the new German government, and they already announced, for example, that they want to um, have the retirement at the stock exchange. I mean, mm. that's something that we would never, ever do because we want the state to take care of the people and not the other way around. Right. So, you know, some people also think that the left is, you know, anti-freedom and often point to Soviet unions, you know, authoritarian stance um, you know, during the Cold War and all of that, or even, you know, China's authoritarian, uh, authoritarianism and all of that. How would you respond to this idea that the left is anti-freedom? Yeah, I mean, here in Germany, um, people often refer us to the party, the, the wall party, mm. referring to the party that governed uh, the DDR, you know, Eastern Germany. And I mean, that is a really heavy burden, to be honest with you. And I mean, when the wall fell, I was only six years old right. <laughs> and I was growing up in Western Germany. And so I learned about it in school. And but that wasn't the whole truth. You know, later, mm. when I got older, I talked to people from Eastern Germany and I learned so many different stories. And so for me, it's always important to know about the past, learn from the mistakes but don't be stuck in the past. And I mean, in Germany, honestly, the left is the only real freedom party. I, I live uh, just some kilometers away from where the US store their nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are the only party who demands again and again that this ends. And so we're definitely pro-freedom. <laughs> mm. So how then would you describe, uh, how would you explain this sort of confusion? Because you say, 
um, y'all are pro-freedom, um, which a lot of, you know, when we look at academics and all of that, yeah, the left is um, definitely more pro-freedom. But what, why then, um, you know, people, you know, bring up things like, or, you know, when we look at China, China is communism. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not capitalism, but you look at them, look at their human rights violations. Uh, people talk, talk about, you know, Soviet Union. Again, uh, people say um, they didn't have um, freedom of the media, freedom of the press and all of that. How do you answer um, these questions? How do you contextualize it for people? I think sometimes that's really hard, especially mm. on social media, because um, we have lots of, uh, right wing now in Germany. I mean, we have the AfD and the everywhere in the parliaments, they're really strong and they tell those stories and it's really hard to change those stories. And I think it's very important that we again and again explain people what we really want and that we draw also pictures that, I mean, for example, I have my very own personal reasons why I'm in the left party. I was a single mom and I, for me, it's, really important to fight for other mothers for example and i think everyone has their own reason why we are fighting for democratic socialism or for the left and i think it's so important that we show people we're just normal people we have really good aims and that we uh get in touch with people and talk again and again although it can be super frustrated i mean uh, frustrating i mean i had a situation once in a city where someone was spitting on me because they were so aggressive towards me. And I'm just, I mean, I'm, I would say I'm pretty kind. <laughs> and the person was so in that story that they didn't get out of it. And they just saw me as this big enemy. And I think we only get out of that if we involve um, in like normal activities in the city, like if we are like in the soccer team or in the firefighters and we show people, hey, we're just normal. I yeah. think that's, I think that's the secret, but I don't know. I, yeah. I wish I had the recipe. <laughs> Certainly. I'm very curious. Let's talk about your story then, because you said, you know, you everyone has personal reasons for, you know, joining the left or regardless of what your political leanings are. So when it comes to you, um, what was that turning point that you felt, okay, like I need to get into socialism and, and this is where I stand and this is what I'm trying to achieve? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm living in a super small village and we have lots of small villages here and uh, really small elementary schools. And I'm a mother of four and I'm super happy that we have those small schools. And all of a sudden, the social Democrats, they wanted to close all those small schools. <laughs> and uh, I started to fight against that. And um, I saw that all of a sudden, all the parents, th there was a huge movement with children, um, teachers and parents and there I saw, okay, you have to be more active, you have to do politics, because that's the core of socialism. And uh, I was so shocked about the fact that the state kind of like wanted to take the education from my kids, because I don't want my kids to be in a huge school with a thousand or two thousand kids. And uh, that was for me the turning point to be more politically active, to be honest with you. Let's get into that a little bit because you mentioned social democrats and what they were trying to achieve, and this is why uh, this is what I think perhaps people on the outside might want a better understanding because many consider Germany as a whole to be one of the most progressive democratic um, representative um, political systems in the world, um, and also so people tend to uh, people will try to ask what exactly. Um, is the left or or the dem the people the democratic socialists what are they trying to achieve? Because 
a center-left party, um, I guess you can consider them center-left, center SPD, um, they seem to have done really well in the recent German elections, and so has the Greens. So what's the difference between what you and your party are trying to achieve and what the perhaps social Democrats are trying to achieve? The, the past elections that were like a month ago, they were super difficult for us because we were almost kicked out of mm -hmm. parliament. It was really lucky that we stayed there, but we lost like almost half of our seats. And I got to say, I, uh, I'm pretty disappointed by the Green Party and the SPD because they joined with the Liberals. And I have the impression that now that they're writing their coalition contract, that the Liberals are the big winners. I mean, I said it earlier, the retirement will be gambled with at the stock exchange, which is actually crazy. And um, the, the Green Party, they promised uh, a speed limit on highways because mm. in Germany you can drive as fast as you want, which people probably enjoy, but it's a huge factor in climate change. And they just threw that out of the window. And um, then there, we have this um, system called Hartz IV, which is a social welfare. And if you are not coping, if, if you're not, for example, fast enough with um, signing your papers or go to the appointments, they sanction you. And it, then it's possible that you don't have any electricity or water in your house anymore. And they promise that they will end those sanctions, but they won't. So for me, they were lying to their voters and we would have definitely done that because the sanctions are completely against humanity. You can't leave people in apartments without electricity and without water. And because some people just don't understand all those papers that they have to fill out, you know, you can't punish someone for that. And what we want to establish also is we want to tax the rich. Mm. That means, I mean, we don't want to take someone's car away or the house or whatever. It's really people that have like a million euro or more sitting on their account that they pay 5% of their wealth to, to everyone. That, that socialism, I mean, that people share that there's not such a huge gap between poor and rich. That it's balanced out and that would be our main goal i would say mm. now when you you brought up you know the differences between what um you, your party is pushing for versus you know the greens and and spd would you say that that in a progressive country like germany um that is the currently the, the big battles that are going on because when we look at let's say a country like malaysia um or even if you look at um, something like the US, um, this it seems to be you know incredibly incredibly polarized. Um, the nation is incredibly polarized, and the battle seems to be you know very much between um, just in a very blanket statements like you know you have one side one side um, the progressives and then the other side um, people who are perhaps very very uh, incredibly conservative. Um, you know we have extremist parties some might call extremist parties and, and all of these things. And, and that seems to be the battle. Um, and, and that's why I think maybe when we look at, you know, a lay person looking in on Germany, people might say, so the country is so progressive, what exactly is the problem um, politically? So would you say that in a country like Germany, things are, you know, the country is fairly left, you know, when we compare to US, for example, as a whole. And so the battles now are going on, um, you know, to, sort of push the country even more left to, to bring it in an even more progressive direction than it already is? 
that's super interesting that you have that view because for me in Germany, I have the impression that we are slipping more to the right. Mm. I mean, uh, um, for example, now the conservatives, they are saying, okay, now the SPD, the, so the Social Democrats, the Green Party and the Liberals, they are joining. So that's a left coalition. And I just want to scream like, no, no, they are not left. Right. <laughs> and yeah, because the um, AFD, the right wing party um, that are super racist and homophobes and everything, they are in all the parliaments and I have the impression that it has a huge effect on society. The society is torn, also probably because of the pandemic. Um, but uh, it's really difficult. And I had the impression during the elections that um, since the conservatives and the right wing, they were saying, okay, SPD and Green Party, they are super left. You got to really, you have to see that they don't get uh, too big we were grinded in between the conservatives and the Democrats and mm. uh, people that would usually vote for us voted for the Democrats to avoid that the conservatives get too, um, too big, too, too right. powerful. Yeah, that's a big issue. And uh, yeah, but, but I uh, have a big worry that we slip more into the, to the right wing because of the pandemic, because there it's, there's so much, um, anti-Semitic sayings during Corona, and uh, it's just incredible what's happening on the streets, also in whole Europe. I don't know how it is in Malaysia, but for example, in the Netherlands, people are really fighting on the streets. This is—it's just crazy how people freak mm. out. Certainly. Now, you know what? We seem to be an interesting sort of phase in global politics. Um, after the Cold War, uh, when many. Um, consider the end of history. There, there was a period where, um, you know, we have relative peace, um, shall we say. Um, capitalism was taking its course. Um, things, everyone was just part of the system and, you know, going with the flow and all of that. But now we seem to be in, in an interesting stage in global politics. Um, like you mentioned, things in, in Germany, even in Europe, in US, um, in, in many parts, even in Malaysia, to various degrees of polarization, um, um, extremism and, and and so it's 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 a mess. You even see a lot of military coups, a lot more, um, um, and all of these things going on. Um, people are also at the same time, I feel, talking a lot more about socialism. Perhaps people seem to be understanding that you know capitalism is this system that needs to be destroyed. Perhaps, but we see we are seeing the word socialism, or perhaps over, over the past two three years. Um, on social media way more than it has been, you know, at least for the past 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, at least from my vantage point. Do, would, first of all, would you agree with that, that, you know, at least among the people who are constantly tweeting about politics and all these kinds of things, the political geeks or the political junkies and all of these, that socialism seems to be gaining popularity um, on the other side, do you think this popularity has been translating to actual grassroots movements and election results? I think uh, since uh, the world always looks so much to the US, mm. I don't judge that, no, no opinion on that, but um, I think Bernie Sanders did a huge push there. I mean, we were all rooting for Bernie and uh, when uh, we heard that, uh, I mean, 
everyone was just happy that Trump is gone. I think I think that's the only good thing about Trump. I think he really pushed some people more to the left. Mm. I saw that the DSA and the states, they grew bigger and they have so many good people. And um, I see also online that, uh, yeah, people talk much more about socialism and they are criticizing capitalism. And there are indeed so many more movements. I mean, if you look at Fridays for Future, I think the young generation is so political. I think my generation, I'm almost 40, I would say we were not so political. I mean, here in Germany, at least, I, I've, I didn't go to protest when I was a teenager. There was nothing like that here mm. in Western Germany. But uh, now, uh, at least the younger generations, they go on the streets and they fight for what they want. And I think that's awesome. Unfortunately, at least in Germany, it doesn't translate in the elections. So, I just can't explain it. I wish I could because it would help a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, one uh, one demand that we have is, for example, that um, here you can't vote when you are younger than 18. Hmm. And we're demanding that you can vote when you are 14 or at least 16. Because, I mean, it's the young generation. They want to change their own future. But instead, you have mainly old folks that are actually steering because uh, also in Germany the society is older and which is okay but they are not the ones that go on the streets to fight against climate change and so I think that would change a lot if the age was dropped. Mm. That's interesting you know because um, in Malaysia what uh, we had a major breakthrough in the uh, past couple of years where we finally um, brought down the, the the voting age from 21 to 18 and so next year onwards oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and so that yeah. was a huge thing for us like oh wow finally we are taking this one small step and now you here you are talking about how you know you want to bring it down in in germany y'all are pushing to bring it down even more and, and that's incredible on the show with me today is melanie Wary sims of the die linker party in germany after the break i'll be asking her what the left or socialist parties need to do to capture the attention of the masses we'll be back with more on today i learned BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Melanie Wary Sims of the Die Linker Party in Germany. Die Linker translates to the left. And that's exactly what we are talking about. Left-wing political parties and the challenges they face when it comes to elections. So, Melanie. You, you brought up, um, you know, you, you, you say you don't have the answers to why that doesn't translate to elections but perhaps you can you know just share is what what's on your mind um, if you don't have the answers because you know if, again like we use us as sort of a point because everyone is familiar with the us because they, they control global media and, and all of that but you know when we look at even the us we we saw how popular bernie sanders became um you're right, because, you know, Donald Trump, um, he was such an extreme figure that he pushed a lot of people to the left. And, you know, whether we go on YouTube channels, when let's say someone as you know, some just someone like Trevor Noah, you know, he's not even like some political analyst. He's a stand-up comedian. He does a talk show. He talks politics and stuff. But, you know, even when he interviews Bernie Sanders and, and things like that, the, the, it's, it's an overwhelming support for Bernie Sanders in, in the US. But yet when it came time for elections, um, you know, Bernie Sanders was in a way pushed aside and they went back to the whole Obama camp. They picked Joe Biden, who's a liberal and, and all of that. Um, is that happening 
in a lot of other countries where people you know on, on online and all they are screaming for change and and you know they're talking about climate change and they're saying how you know socialism is the answer and all but then when it comes to elections that same momentum or wave or that you see online doesn't seem to translate so how do you process this your party lost half its seats in a time where socialism seems to be getting more popular at least online so what possible explanations could that be yeah i think there are many reasons for that i mean um first of all i think social media has a huge influence and i got to say that we are not so good at that <laughs> i got to mm. be self criticizing there um but i think also that for example when if we take the example of bernie sanders or joe biden there was for a while this thing going on that you shouldn't vote for Joe Biden because he's a socialist. And I was like, what? He's not. <laughs> and that was so crazy, you know. Yep. Um, but it had such a huge impact because people in the States, I mean, I see that with the family of my husband, they are super progressive and they, are, they were pro-Bernie Sanders, but they learned the Red Scare. Mm. Uh, that was taught in history. They are super afraid of communism and of socialism and uh, things like that worked. I mean, there's people, influencers, actors and actresses, they have influence. And um, yeah, and then I think also it has a lot to do with finances, to be honest with you. And I, I mean, we as the left party, we are not accepting donations from companies because we are saying we are not being bought. Um, which is a good thing. And we are the only party who does that. And I mean, other parties are bought. We can easily say, okay, Amazon, pay your damn taxes. <laughs> Others can't because they might profit from Amazon. But of course, we have much less money to pay on the elections. I mean, everything I do, I have lots of positions in the party. I do nothing for money. I do everything in my leisure time. And um, that's okay, but it makes a difference because making commercial on social media is so expensive. It's so, so expensive. And um, I think for us, at least in Germany, a big problem is um, we are, we call that we are uh, pluralistic. We have lots of different opinion, lots of different wings in our party, which is great. But we, we often argue and we argue outside of our party. We argue in public. That's the big sickness of the left party. We always argue in the press. And I think that was a big problem again this year. I mean, I got it. I mean, we are just between us, you know, <laughs> no, but uh, I think we have to be self-criticizing yeah. and that's a big issue. Certainly. Yeah. What do you think you brought up financing and, and uh, you know, the, the marketing aspect of things. Um, what do you think are some of the problems um, with current mainstream political parties? Of course, you talk from the perspective of, um, uh, you know, German politics. Um, so, you know, you know, your party is, you know, like you said, you don't have the big funding and all of that, um, whether it's in Germany or even many countries outside of Germany, like Party Socialist Malaysia in, in, in this country, um, it doesn't even have one single seat in parliament. So it's, it's what we call a non-mainstream party. You know, it's not one of the big, big guns either on either side of the political aisle and all of that. Um, what do you think are the problems with current mainstream um, political parties? Do you think um, it has for them become a lot about just protecting capitalism? Have they become so detached 
with realities on the ground. But if so, why do they keep winning? Yeah, I think they're really detached. I mean, not not. I don't want to say every politician is detached, mm. but uh, I would say most of them are. And um, I think um, that a big problem is really that they they are profiting from capitalism. And why would they why would they hurt themselves? I mean, like taxing the rich, and uh, why would they tax themselves so high? I mean, they they most of them of the higher ranked politicians in Germany, they have shares in companies. I mean, I remember when there was the big bank crash or, or now also during the pandemic, companies like Lufthansa, uh, Lufthansa, the big airline, they got millions of millions of euros while other people lost their houses or their, their small companies. And this is not right, you know, and but of course, they get money from Lufthansa and other companies. So on one hand, it's good for them, you know, it's really smart, but it's really bad for the people. And um I often don't understand why they still win. I saw this big, we had this big um, flooding here in Germany, right around my corner here, because of climate change. There was a huge flooding and over 100 people died. And the CDU, the, the conservatives, they did so many mistakes there. The, the, the guy that was running for chancellor, he was there and they filmed him laughing because it was a joke being told. And it's like, hey, dude, I mean, some hundred people died here and you're laughing. And you, they still won the election in that region. And I think it's because people are really scared of change. Mm. And the left party or parties, they mean change. Even mm -hmm. if it's just for the good, people are so afraid of change. And I understand that. I mean, but um, yeah, and I think another big problem uh, being stuck in a system of capitalism is um, that they are all being funded by those companies. I can give you one huge example. During the pandemic, Jens Spahn, our mm -hmm. health minister from the CDU, That's right. he ordered masks and they had um, they were not functioning well. Mm. And so he decided that homeless people should get those masks and people with disabilities. It's impossible, but it didn't hurt him. He's still in his position. Right. Hmm. So that's really frustrating. Yeah. You, is there um, an issue um, in Germany where mainstream political parties use culture wars, uh, theatrical side of the, cu the culture wars and, and petty things to, to sort of, rile up the crowd the way the left the proper left doesn't do we see that even in the u.s again i bring u.s as an example but even in malaysia um a number of very progressive politicians um have in parliament have criticized you know the mega parties on both sides in malaysia where they they will spend you know a week in parliament arguing about the brand of an alcohol company or a whiskey bottle and, and the brand of it and, and just argue whether it's offensive to people or not offensive to people and, and it just you know riles people up, people on social media are now hating one side, the other side and blah, blah, blah. But underneath all, when it comes time for policies, when we scrutinize it, when we see where the money is being put around, what the tax laws are, it, there's very little difference between the mainstream political parties. Is, is this a problem in, in Germany as well? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we had the big issue until uh, until the, the past elections that the biggest parties were a coalition. 
So in the end, they were carrying everything through. I mean, we could, of course, in the opposition, we could say, okay, this is bad. We have something better to offer, but they pushed everything through. And now the SPD, the Democrats who were a part of the government, they are criticizing everything. It's like, hey, you were in charge too. You could have changed that already. And yeah, I think there may be minor differences, but in the end, The SPD, in my opinion, I mean, that's why you need a left party in Germany, is always hitting the brakes. They could change so much. They are big now, you know, especially with the Green Party. They could push so much through, especially when it's about migration. I mean, we as the left party, we are saying it can't be possible that Europe is looking away while hundreds and thousands of people are drowning in the sea. And um, the parties are not open for that. It's, there's always a blocking point like yeah of course we have to we have to do something about the reasons for migration yeah okay that might be the thing but if there are people that are running that are fleeing now for good reasons we have to help them and they are my opinion the democrats and the conservatives they are not so different from each other one of the things i have noticed and i think this is yeah it's something you brought up you know in your earlier just now when you're saying talking about criticizing yourself um, and one of it is this idea that socialists do not like engaging in populist or theatrical politics and and things like that um, which is of course a great thing but do you think it is to the left's detriment especially in the age of social media where y'all don't have or try not to you know say that it's about one or two big personalities it's a collective effort um you don't like getting engaged in petty culture wars but those are the ones that gets you know 10,000 retweets sometimes you know and those are the things that the clips that go viral they're so dramatic like a telenovela or anything and people love sharing them on whatsapp and do you think not engaging in this populist politics to some degree and just being firm like this is what we want this is the this is good for us and then you know breaking it down in in nuance and and all of that you think it's just not popular it's, it's just not a you think it's, it's to your detriment you wouldn't believe how many debates we have in our party <laughs> because of that because i'm someone i'm very present on social media mm-hmm. And um, some are saying that it's a little bit against our principles because um, if we like show off that we are awesome or whatever, you know, Um, but I think people, and that's what I think we have to learn. Of course, we want to, we want that our topics are the focus, but people, society, I think they vote faces. Mm-hmm. It is always the story about the person, like this one conservative guy that I told you about that was the candidate as a mm-hmm. chancellor. He made himself look like an idiot. And I think that's, that, that the, the SPD profited from that. And he's not the chancellor now. I think it was because he was really acting like an idiot. And that's what I mean. I mean, we need popular faces. And um, I mean, I have been doing a lot on social media. I know that others have been doing that too. And uh, the, I think the, the balance has to be, or the core has to be that we still um, show that we are a team, that it is 
faces that you can get to know, but we are one team. And um, But yeah, I think society, I think people want to vote faces. They want to get to know you. In times of social media, um, people like to talk to you. They, I mean, I know that for myself, you know, if I... I'm following on Twitter some writers that I like or mm -hmm. some actors or actresses. And then if they answer, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Um, right. And I think people want to have that feeling with politicians too. Certainly. I think that's very interesting. Now, you know, as we slowly wrap up this conversation, Melanie, what, I guess this is something we, you don't have the answer to. Um, if, if any of us had the answer to it, socialists wouldn't need to do these sort of conferences. We would, you know, socialists would be the one governing all the governments and all of that. But what, nice. do you <laughs> what do you think the left needs to do to capture the attention of the masses, um, particularly the moderates and the liberals? Um, and I'm asking this, right, because one of the problems that countries which use the very old school, what many consider undemocratic um, way of elections, first past the post and all of that, is that it really just, or even the US electoral college system, very similar to first past the post, is that it just cr crushes, you know, um, niche parties and all because people just want to vote for the party that has the highest chance of winning. But Germany, as far as I understand, has a pretty representative um, way of um, running elections. So with even within that frame then, um, which is a representative frame, socialism, socialist parties um, struggle a lot. So what do you think needs to be done to capture the attention of the masses? Uh, to come back to the to the voting system, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the American system is horrible. I saw that with my husband, you know, he had to register. And I mean, here on abroad, that's not so easy. And then many people, I think, don't do that. And then you don't directly vote your candidate, you vote someone who will probably vote for your candidate. And like here in Germany, you can really directly vote for your party and directly vote for the candidate. But the only problem that I see here is, first of all, that the parliament is too big. It's supposed to have 500 and something people in there. We have over 700 in there. And it's, that's far too much. And also like in the regions, in the, it's called Landtag, in the smaller parliaments, um, there's also the 5%, uh, uh, I don't know how you call that. You need to have 5% mm -hmm. in order to get into the parliament. Right. And that's also a problem for the small party. So it's also not so representative in the end, but yeah, I guess we are, it's a pretty, a pretty good system though. But um, yeah, I think, I think we have to learn to be braver and we have to learn to be louder because uh, I have the impression, I mean, at least here in Germany, that um, we are too tame. You know, we, of course, we demand much more than the, the, the Democrats. There's a reason for that. I mean, that's our place, actually, <laughs> to question and to criticize and to say, hey, we have to make the rich pay or we have to open all the frontiers. I mean... And um, that's exhausting, though. I see this here in the region. I'm sometimes really exhausted because I'm getting attacked so much. And that's why I think this is also right now so important because we have to team up. We have to team up and we have to learn from each other and we have to push each other and uh, in the regions, but also internationally, because um, it's 
a good feeling to know that we're not alone with the struggles. And uh, even though the countries are so different, I think we can learn a bunch from each other. And um, I think that's what, what we need to do more, actually. Yeah. All right. As we wrap this conversation up, would you have a final message to our listeners? Don't be afraid of socialism. <laughs> I think that this would be the biggest, the biggest message. Uh, our aims are pure and they are equality. I mean, it's I think the key words, equality and social justice. It's nothing that every anyone should be afraid of. And we should um, we should be more active on the streets. We should fight for our rights, not just politically, also outside of the parliaments. And since we spoke so much about politics, um, it's really important for me to say also to everyone that you should take care of yourselves really well and stay healthy. It's such a difficult time right now. So really stay healthy, everyone. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melanie. I've been speaking with Melanie Wary Sims, a politician from Germany who's part of the Die Linker Party. Melanie will be one of the speakers at the Socialism 2021 conference hosted by Party Socialist Malaysia. The conference will take place on the 27th and 28th of November and 4th and 5th of December because of two weekends this year. So if you'd like to learn more about socialism and left-wing political economy, do attend the conference. It will be on Zoom and you know it will feature speakers from Malaysia and overseas as well. You can check out Party Socialist Malaysia's social media pages for more details. I'm Dashran Johan and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.